Welcome to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast, bringing you the latest updates from the world of sports, gambling, and pop culture. Because you can't have a show without hot takes or a Tiger King meme these days. Know what I'm saying? Now, with over 200 episodes and ready to get after it again, here's your host, Dwayne Callender. Hello and welcome to the show, everyone. Going to get into it with NFL uh, info. So going to go over win uh, total odds uh, with Vegas currently and where I think you can probably find some value because a lot of these win total lines uh, after the preseason have uh, kind of narrowed it down. And with the 17-game season, it, it does kind of throw a little wrench into things uh, because uh, you're going to have to shop around for somebody's lines because uh it, it does vary by team and if you're getting an a, uh, a number without the hook it you know it makes a huge difference and what i mean by the hook is the 0.5 so uh just for those of you who aren't as savvy on uh, some of the lingo but uh yeah so let's get right into it uh obviously you know uh, the favored teams are gonna have the uh, highest win totals uh, so the highest win total currently would be the Kansas City Chiefs at 12 and a half wins. I'll say this about the Chiefs. They're going to be good. I think uh, they're they're going to be right back in the mix uh, to win the Super Bowl. I just think 12 and a half is still a pretty ambitious number. Uh, they, they certainly have the capability of uh, getting there and getting the 13 wins. But, you know, with the 17-game season... I think the Chiefs are going to be one of those teams looking more towards actually resting players and making sure that they have enough rest down the stretch going into the year rather than going crazy over uh, tr- uh, trying to uh, satisfy uh, some win totals. So I, I actually think that uh, the Chiefs line, you could probably bet the under here. Uh, if you can get a decent odds percentage, uh, I think uh, most fans would bet the over. And, you know, depending on where you're shopping for lines, you probably get uh, even or uh, uh, plus money to bet the under on the Chiefs uh, under 12 and a half wins. I think they get to 12 wins. So don't get me wrong. It, it, it's it's a very close call. So you, you can avoid this line entirely. But I do think getting to 13 is uh, going to be a bit ambitious. Especially when you know that the Raiders always play the Chiefs like it's their Super Bowl. And you've got Justin Herbert and the up-and-coming Chargers uh, on on their heels. It's very tough for Kansas City to get to that 13. I mean, they certainly can do it. But the thing is, you have to understand that the Chiefs were 8-1 in one-score games last season. And that was with Mahomes getting injured. You know... There's still a chance for Mahomes uh, in that toe might not be fully 100% healthy. I, I I would just be a little bit more skeptical of betting the over on that one. Uh, the under you you could you could you could fade it entirely, but I do think it's viable if you get a decent enough line to actually bet the uh, under 12 and a half for the Chiefs. Next up, we've got the defending champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know, I I questioned this team at times last year, got burned by it, but I stand behind it because I knew the defense was good enough. I wasn't sure the offense would get there enough because, again, you have Tom Brady, who normally just throws short passes. He actually still could uh, throw the deep ball, and they actually got something out of their run game late in the year, which was not nearly as effective early on in the season, despite how much they ran it down early uh, on early downs. So uh, 11 and a half uh, win uh, 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 total uh, on the current odds for Tampa. Uh, Here's the thing that makes me wonder if I even want to play on this one. It seems deceptive. Because New Orleans lost Breeze, which I believe is an addition by subtraction. I'll get to that later. You've got Sam Darnold 
in the division, which I know people scoff at it, but that is an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater uh, because you've got uh, Darnold paired with uh, uh, Roddy Anderson, and that uh, Panthers defense it was young, but was a playmaking defense similar to the Bucks. I don't think this is. I, I think it, basically the weakest team in that division is Atlanta. I don't necessarily think that uh, the Bucks have it easy in their own division, even though by win totals, the Bucks technically have the fifth easiest schedule in the NFL. Twelve wins is is a lot. It's asking a lot uh, with a Tom Brady team where you know he's gonna uh, want to uh, try to uh, try to ease back into things coming off that knee surgery i think the first couple of um, months could be a little bit uh a little bit dicey for the bucks I, I mean i definitely think they make the uh the playoffs but you know of course i i said playoffs and uh i probably should have played my gym more a bit but uh, uh it, it would get very old by the time uh, we got through all these teams but uh i would probably stay away from this line because, you know, from a game-to-game standpoint, the reason why I had such a hard time putting a finger on the Bucks is even by uh, the football outsider's variance metric, they were dead last. They were the most volatile team, meaning you could not predict what this team was going to do week to week. You know, the defense got hot. They brought back everyone seemingly on the roster that mattered. Yeah, you could say that they're they're gonna peak. Uh, they're gonna come in right where they were at their peak. But I think it's just as likely guys, you know, take a foot off the gas pedal a little bit. They come back down to where they were and they struggle. I'm not entirely sold on the Bucks, so I would stay off this line or bet the under. To be perfectly honest with you guys, uh, it, it's not exactly. Uh, the easiest thing. And if you see a line where you get 12 on the bucks, take the under, take the under because without that hook at the 11 and a half, if you bump it up to 12, take the under, because I think worst case scenario, they hit the 12. Even I do not see this team going 13 and four in a 17 game season. I, I, I just can't, I can't. So, uh, yeah, definitely. Uh, either uh, pass or take the under with the Bucks uh, at 12. Moving on, we've got the Baltimore Ravens. So we got to talk about this further because we've got injuries galore with uh, uh, Baltimore who have lost. Uh, uh, they've lost J.K. Dobbins, uh, their starting running back, and their third string running back, um, Justice Hill, leaving only Gus Edwards as their healthiest running back and a, uh, essentially a practice squad rookie uh, as their running backs for the number one rushing attack in the league the last uh, two years. This is, this is a, this is an interesting case here because we got a, a total of 11 for Baltimore. I know what Baltimore is going to want to do. They're, they're, go- they're going to just keep running the ball uh, regardless, the question becomes, do you think Lamar Jackson is going to be able to stay healthy? And so far, he uh, they have been able to avoid uh, significant injuries until now, where they've lost two running backs before the season even started. It makes it very interesting uh, if, you know, you lost Lamar Jackson last year for uh, uh, the Steelers game, which was probably the worst game in the NFL last year viewing wise man that was a horrible game to watch but you know i i have my concerns about baltimore health wise but to me this is all a question of do you trust lamar jackson and i think lamar you know is motivated again with another playoff loss that was avoidable i think they uh, they win twelve games this year. I, I so I would bet the over on the Ravens. I actually do like uh, Baltimore uh, to get to the twelve overall, and you know by and large, uh, 
depending on the lines, you could probably get good value out of it because with the running back injuries that we've seen uh, with the Ravens, I actually think some lines might drop uh, drop them uh, another hook at ten and a half. But I I definitely see Baltimore getting to at least eleven wins. It's still a tough division. No, don't get me wrong. Uh, the Steelers are not going to go away, even though I think the, the that Steelers team is on fumes. I don't think they're going away. Uh, the Browns obviously are a problem, but it, you know, and the Bengals, you know, are, are the Bengals. But at the end of the day, I trust Baltimore to do the sensible things in the regular season to get themselves in a position of winning a championship uh, come postseason. It just comes down to whether or not they can execute that game plan in the postseason when everyone's game plan for it, and you've got the best teams left to try to stop that uh, ga- uh, running ga- running attack. You know, that that's the bottom line. Uh, so in terms of the cons against the Ravens, last year it was considered the fifth easiest uh, schedule in the NFL. Don't necessarily buy it, but it's it's true uh, uh, that uh, this year the schedule looks a bit tougher where it's ranked uh, the 10th temp, uh, hardest. But the other aspect is uh, the offenses that they're going to be going against are chunk yardage uh, uh, play type offenses uh, because uh, they're saying it's uh, it's projected that it's uh, expected play average is going to be the fifth hardest. Uh, so meaning that they're going against explosive offenses, that's going to force them to try to put up points. So they, they're going to have to try to throw more. We'll see. We'll see uh, when it comes to the Ravens, but I, I tend to lean more on the side of, I actually believe in what the Ravens are going to do versus the next team. I'm going to talk about being the Buffalo bills. All right. The bills have adopted a throw first mentality. They throw uh, pretty much uh, going from uh, 11 personnel uh, where, and you have, uh, uh, you're, you're, you're spreading out your offense uh, to uh, uh, the 11 personnel where you spread out your offense as about the bulk of 70, 70% are offense overall, and they're just throwing the ball down the field. Uh, but, and the leap in progression for Josh Allen last year, where people were saying he was the MVP, is mainly due to Stefan Diggs getting open. I am more of the belief that if you play defense over the top, and you go out of your way to oversell to shut down Stefan Diggs. I'm I'm still very much curious about Josh Allen's ability to make throws over the middle and do 15 uh, play drives consistently, because I think he, you know, has room to grow as a QB. If you want to say he was the MVP, he wasn't the MVP. Uh, the Bills could have ran the ball more if they wanted to but they chose not to because their blocking schemes uh, legitimately uh, was not that great, even though they have decent running backs to run more. I actually think that, you know, the addition of Emmanuel Sanders could be the difference maker here because Emmanuel Sanders knows how to get open in space. A huge upgrade over Cole Beasley. My whole thing is, if Josh Allen could find a pocket of space short underneath uh, the medium route, so that 7 to 12-yard area, the Bills are going to smash the win total on the over. I have my doubts about that. Folks want to say that the Bills are the Super Bowl contender. They're going to win 12-plus games. They're going to be the number one seed in the AFC. I have, I, I have uh, some... Uh, I have some doubts about that. Uh, I mean, they went five and one in one score games last year. Uh, they dealt with uh, they dealt with uh, 
three West Coast teams playing one o'clock games uh, uh, on Sundays last year. They they don't have uh, the AFC West in their uh, schedule this year at home. I just look at it in that, you know, Josh Allen was a 30% thrower on uh, passes over 20 yards in 2019, and it got up to 47% last season. I don't see him coming close to that number on deep balls. 47% is crazy. I mean, Stefan Diggs was a maniac last year, but I, you know, that was a career year for Diggs. It was a career year for Allen. It is very hard to duplicate something even close to that. Again, if they do tip of the cap to them, They'll smash the over. I'm going to take the under. I think the Bills win a very close division. They've got tough teams in there. Miami will play them tough. The Jets always play them tough. And New England, you know, people uh, people want to question uh, why Cam, uh, Cam got released. Listen, Cam was never going to be more than what he was uh, in New England. I, I just I just look at it as, I feel bad for Cam Newton because the foot injury uh, combined with uh, the shoulder injury, and the shoulder injury is what really put the, uh, the nail in the coffin. But I, I honestly think Cam probably would have, if he had to do it all, all over again, probably uh, decides not to get the shoulder surgery and just try to keep playing through the pain because the restriction in his shoulder is what ended uh, Cam Newton's uh, starting uh, QB career more than anything else. To the point that Mac Jones, you, you saw enough out of him in the preseason that, you know, getting him the reps now just makes more sense long-term for the Patriots. So while I do think the Pats still finish last in that division. I think that the bills have uh, a lot on their hands to deal with inside the division and, you know, scheduling wise teams are going to get up for the bills. Uh, you know, the, uh, they are not going to be sleeping on the bills. I'm, I'm just saying that now. And you've got, uh, you've got other uh, squads, you know, that are looking to make the playoffs as well, that they're going to have to go up against. I, I'm just saying that I think there's a little bit too much uh, hype uh, steam coming in on the Bills. I'm staying off of it. I'm taking the under, and we'll see where it goes. Another team that's got way too much hype going on, we got the L.A. Rams. I love this so much. You've got the Rams with a 10.5 number, and I want to know... Where in Matt Stafford's career, even with all the gaudy stats he's been able to put up, where in his career he's been able to actually uh, produce efficiently enough. Now, Sean McVay is going to put out the best Matthew Stafford we have ever seen. I don't know if that Matthew Stafford is still good enough in the clutch. To get it done. If the Rams uh, execute the way uh, he can, because I thought Jared Goff was a disaster. Uh, Stafford could get this to a 13 win team. All things going great. My thing is. Matthew Stafford plays well in pockets, not for a complete game. I, I've seen this happen so many times with Lions games. I honestly think it's more playing to who he is. He's a very good QB. Will never reach a great level, but he's a very good QB 80% of the time. It's that 20% where you're like, whoa, what is going on, bro? Because I honestly think that it's in those little pockets of space. That's where the Rams are going to lose the bulk of their games because the Seahawks and 49ers are going to play them extremely tough. And Arizona is incredibly dangerous. I think that 10 and a half total 
is way is way too tempting for people to bet the over. I think this Rams team wins about 10 games, maybe even nine games. But I do not see this as an 11 to 12 win team. I, I don't see enough explosiveness out of their remaining running backs. Uh, Darrell Henderson uh, just, I, you know, there's a reason why they traded for Sony Michel despite the multiple knee injuries. I, I think uh, the Rams have some question marks on uh, their offense that uh, would need to be addressed. But, uh, you know, not 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 feeling the line at all for the Rams. Moving on to their division rival, 49ers. Uh, also at 10 and a half. Here's, here's my deal with the 49ers. They played as well as they possibly could with nothing going on at offense. Garoppolo w- was injured for 10 games. The Kittle was out for eight. Debo Samuel lost for nine games. Mostert lost half the year, eight games. Uh, Bosa, uh, I think, only played three games on the defensive side. Uh, same with D Ford, I'm pretty sure. Like, the 49ers just had ridiculous injury issues. Uh, you know, that's how they got uh, Bosa in the first place. Uh, you know, they make the run to the Super Bowl, then completely injured last year. Listen. I am smashing the win total. Like I, you know, 10 and a half, way too low. A healthy 49ers team wins 12 games. No, it pretty much is a lock for 12 games in the 17 game season. It's a 12 game. People want to say Garoppolo can't do it. I know Garoppolo can do it. It's just that can he stay healthy enough to do it? That's the question. But if Garoppolo goes down, Trey Lance is going to be in the mix and and create problems for teams. And if you don't think that Kyle Shanahan doesn't have a game plan for using Trey Lance, similar to what Lamar Jackson does. And with as good of a blocking tight end, George Kittle is, if you don't think the 49ers can execute a rushing attack, that's as deadly or more dangerous than the Ravens. I'm sorry. You, you are not uh, on the, uh, the right uh, frame of mind. Kyle Shanahan drafted Trey Lance because he saw what Lamar Jackson could do. He knows what Mac Jones is. He already has that in Garoppolo. What he's looking at is if Garoppolo struggles or gets injured, how soon can I uh, flip this into a dominant rushing attack similar to the Ravens and use that defense to force turnovers similar to the way the Ravens do? and still get my way into into the postseason. Uh, He's looking at that model as the backup plan in case plan A doesn't work. Plan A is still Garoppolo. But if Garoppolo is struggling with injuries and can't get it done, don't hesitate for a second that they won't switch to Trey Lance and and, and adopt the, the Baltimore offense because the 49ers can easily execute that game plan with the running back core that they have and having uh, a mobile a QB like Trey Lance. It is very doable. So uh, 49ers are w- one of my favorite bets this year. Uh, that 10.5 line, that, that's definitely low. Uh, I'm, I'm taking the over on the 49ers this year. I absolutely love the 49ers uh, uh, moving forward this year. Moving on, we've got the Browns. Very interesting here. Because originally, I loved the Browns line. I was hammering the Browns when they were 9.5 win total. Unfortunately, because myself and other folks have been hammering the Browns uh, window at 9.5 on the over, it's gone up to 10.5. And And now it becomes a very interesting uh, proposition. Because that division still has the Ravens in it. I like the Ravens. And I like the Browns. But I know the Steelers hang around like fungus. In order for the Ravens and the Browns to both hit the over, they've got to be able to knock the Steelers below 500. I'm not sure if that's possible. The Steelers always find a way to get uh, get uh, get to 500 with Mike Tomlin. So now I actually I love this line when it was nine and a half. If you can still find this line at ten, at least you can bet it. 
because I think they get to 10 wins at least. Nine and a half, obviously, you're golden. Ten and a half? Now, this is like, uh, I want to hit the pause button here. Because I like the Ravens more than I like the Browns. The Browns still have a dominant rushing attack with Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. If Baker Mayfield gives them anything, then yeah, they, they will get to 11 wins. But I, you know, Baker Mayfield had a very good 2020 season. But I'm telling you, on paper, it was very good. My issue with Baker is when he faced pressure, he was pretty much bottom of the barrel, even worse than Daniel Jones numbers when facing pressure, which is really something when you think about it, given how bad the Giants are and how much pressure Daniel Jones faced and how much the Giants often struggle that there could be QBs with worse numbers than Daniel Jones uh, in passer rating when facing pressure. So I, I kind of look at this and say, you know, if you can shop around and find that nine and a half number, yeah, take take the over. If not, you can pass on the Browns. It's, an, it, it's not easy because I, I do like the Browns this year. Uh, they still have the right mix of players. Uh, you know, it's just... <laughs> we, 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 we took advantage of the number and it, and it went up. I mean, that, that happens. Uh, the, the odds makers make adjustments too. So uh, it is what it is. Um, moving on. We got the Packers at 10. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go crazy over this one. Uh, if you get the Packers at 10, take the over, take the over because Aaron Rodgers is still motivated. He's doing the last dance montages and uh, me- memes. This is going to be Aaron Rodgers' swan song. He's going out there aggressively to uh, to prove a point to the Packers how much they screwed up the situation. Uh, and you know, st- and and you know, the Packers are more than happy to say, "Hey, if you want to stick it to us, win a championship, prove us wrong." Uh, you know, I just look at it as that's just a really foolish way of looking at it. I think Rodgers can play for at least, uh, at least another four years. So why would you piss him off to the extent that like, you're going to use him up and then you say he's going to fall off completely. You've already seen with Brady. It is possible, uh, if you have the discipline maintenance and that's what Rodgers seems to have. In my opinion, he has the discipline to keep himself in shape, uh, after, because given the injuries that Rodgers had in his career from uh, line play at times, you would think that he would just start dialing it down. But no, he's ramping it up. I love the over 10 on the Packers line. Uh, it was higher before. People started doubting the Packers because of the Rodgers situation. And is he unhappy or not? I'm taking the over. I'm taking the over. Uh, I, I think he's got, he's put way too much on the line for this not to pan out. So he's got more to lose than anybody else in terms of reputation. I I definitely love the Packers line. Next up Seahawks, another team line that went up. Uh, it was nine and a half. Now it's 10. I'm going to hit the pause button and just say pass on the 10. Here's the thing with Seattle. You know, Russell Wilson still one of the best QBs in the league, uh, without question. Most underrated QB in the league, in my opinion. But we know Russell Wilson has beef with the Seattle uh, management because he's been pissed off that for years they cannot protect him. And again, they are still bad on the offensive line. Uh, they they did get Gabe Jackson from the Raiders, and the thing is. Jackson has been on the decline for multiple years. There's a reason why the Raiders were willing to let him go. I don't know how, you know, even the Giants made more attempts at improving their offensive line than Seattle did. Uh, This is just purely based on, can Russell Wilson get this team to 10 wins? I, you know, we know what uh, we have in Chris Carson, reliable running back, but will never be a superstar running back. Rashard Penny may end up being a bust as a running back. You know, you got, 
like uh, a wide receiver Seattle never should have had in the first place in DK Metcalf as a, a burgeoning superstar. But if Russell Wilson cannot get protection on the offensive line, you can shut down this team. And there are enough, there's enough talent in that division to make that 10 line kind of tough. Nine and a half, I, I, can, I can take the gamble. If I have to bet the 10 outright, I'm going to just pass on the Seahawks. Next up, we got the Patriots. Nine and a half uh, total now. And the line went up because Mac Jones got announced as a starter. That's what tells you why we all thought the Cam Newton experiment had already run its course. Because we kind of knew what we were going to get with the Pats. A couple of games where they look absolutely dominant. And then a couple of games where you're just like, whoa, this is bad. Like, Cam, unfortunately, cannot throw for distance anymore to keep teams honest. So eventually, uh, they uh, they get shut down. But, you know, looking at the Pats squad, they just don't have enough playmakers. And that's the limitations of the team. The defense, I know, is going to be on point. The problem is the offense. It, it, it's just... It's kind of crazy that Mac Jones is coming into a situation where this is basically Brady from 2002 uh, through 2000. Uh, well, I mean, Brady's first uh, full year. So, you know, obviously he had the Super Bowl run in uh, 2001. But I'm saying 2002 through 2006 uh, years before he got Randy Moss. This is the kind of offense Mac Jones is stepping into. I mean, Mac Jones showed uh, good signs, but, you know, I can't necessarily say that, you know, is he better, is Mac Jones better than what the Pats would have had in Jimmy Garoppolo? No. Uh, I think Jimmy Garoppolo, if he had stayed in New England and they hadn't catered to Brady, uh, I think Garoppolo would have been struggling and this would have been Garoppolo's walk year to prove it or move on. But I just think that this offense with the weapons around it is not good enough to get the job done. That's the problem. So no matter who the quarterback is, I don't think this team has enough offensive weapons. Do I think they can get to nine wins? Yes, because defensively they are still very stout and they're going to be having players come back. New England lost the most number of players who opted out last year uh, because of uh, risks associated with COVID-19 they lost almost half the defensive starters last year. Those guys are back. And I I expect that they're going to be able to uh, be able to execute uh, uh, quite efficiently. I just don't think they've got enough in the tank offensively to really make a, a run at the, at the division. And it's the same issue... I have with the Dolphins. The Dolphins and the Patriots are the same team. Uh, Stout defensively, going to give teams fits, but the offensive attack, you know, and and I'll segue this right into Miami. The Tua Tua, uh, Tagovailoa pick over Justin Herbert may come back to haunt the Dolphins because you see how much of a transition... Herbert has been able to make versus Tua. Uh, You know, Tua was rehabbing all season long from a hip injury. Tua does not have, uh, did not have the chance to be healthy and play. And had got stuck with Chan Gailey as an offensive coordinator. Chan Gailey wasn't, I'll be kind. Chan Gailey once upon a time was a good offensive coordinator. But that was over a decade ago. Like, Chan Gailey had no business being an offensive coordinator. I don't know why the Dolphins try to talk uh, Chan Gailey out of retirement just so he could coach Ryan Fitzpatrick. When you drafted Tua as your quarterback of the future, you're bringing a dude out of retirement to coach the backup QB. It made no sense. No sense, whatever. So Tua lost the entire year, in my opinion. He did not have an offense that was good enough. Uh, and, you know, they were saying it, it, Tua couldn't grasp the offense. 
because no team ran that offense the way that they were uh, running it anymore. It's not running college. Like it's such an antiquated offense. Getting a more uh, up to date uh, offensive coordinator is actually going to benefit Tua to grasp the offense because he's trying to grasp an offense that would be the equivalent of learning uh, uh, Windows ninety five in two thousand twenty one. It, it, it doesn't make any sense. So to me, the Tua question comes down to this is really his rookie year, and with the weapons he has on offense it's slightly better than new england it's slightly better but again i don't think necessarily that it's going to translate as easily i like the chances of miami getting to 10 wins more than new england but to me it's like you know I really think that uh, it, it comes down to can uh, Miami get a sweep the Jets? I think Miami has to sweep the Jets to get to ten wins. If they don't sweep the Jets, I don't think they get to ten wins. Uh, I, I just think it's a really tight, uh, tight fit in terms of uh, uh, some of these teams. So uh, Miami, I'm gonna pass on that line at nine and a half. Uh, moving on, we got the Saints. The team that probably should have won the Super Bowl last year if they had just benched uh, uh, Drew Brees. I, I, I'm i not joking, and I've said this multiple times uh, uh, last year, that game against Tampa was one of the most frustrating things I had seen in football in quite some time because you knew Drew Brees had nothing in the tank for that game, and yet still the Saints opted to go down with the ship. Now Drew's retired. You got a cranky Michael Thomas fighting with management. He's going to be out the first couple of weeks of the year. And Jameis Winston, who should be the starting QB and was named the starting QB, is still having to look over his shoulder because Sean Sean Payton has an obsession with Taysom Hill. Now, I love this line for the Saints because it's only nine wins. They, They think the Saints are going to be hot garbage without Breeze. And as I said, Breeze was the second best QB on his team last year. Jameis should have been starting. I I, I don't understand this win uh, total because everyone's afraid of Jameis like uh, being god awful. And I, I don't, I don't understand it. Like Jameis is a better QB than Drew Breeze was the last couple of years. This, to me, the Saints are an 11-win team, and this win total is still at 9. I've been hammering this one, expecting it to go up. I, I, The biggest thing for the Saints is the fact that, honestly, if Sean uh, Payton messes around with the Taysom Mill experiment, that's the thing that could take down the Saints. But you still have Alvin Kamara, and I love Traquan Smith and Marquez Callaway. I think those guys are going to be players you should have on your fantasy rosters this season if you if you want to be uh contending with teams you need to be drafting Marquez Callaway uh and uh Traquan Smith. They got they got to be they're going to be later round picks but definitely have uh, those guys on your roster because without Michael Smith Michael Thomas there's going to be uh, passes to be caught and people to pick up the slack. They are talented. They definitely uh, would benefit uh, mightily from Thomas being out. And Thomas, there's still a chance Michael Thomas gets traded. So I think the Saints, people are sleeping on them. Uh, That nine win total is ridiculously low. I love the Saints uh, to uh, win, obviously win more, but I think that's an 11-win team. Uh, The defense is still uh, loaded. They're going to give Tampa all they can handle in that division. Uh, I, yeah, fire fire me up some Saints <laughs> because uh, I, I definitely expect them to take off. Now we come to the Tennessee Titans. Also with a win total that I, I'll be honest. 
I think is low. Uh, the The issue uh, that I see with the Titans is that fact that folks are wondering if that offensive line can stay healthy. But in terms of efficiency, they added Julio Jones. They got they dumped Corey Davis, who was a non entity in my opinion. Like Corey Davis was a bust. You telling me you got Julio Jones uh, and AJ Brown to draw attention? You have to respect the passing game deep. It's going to open up the running lanes even more for Derrick Henry. I don't understand how people are questioning the t- how the Titans are going to win games. They're they're going to run it up on teams, and they're going to be very efficient at it. Uh, I love the Titans uh, like this year. Uh, nine is way too low. You've got a division where you got the Jags, the Texans, and the Colts. Are you are you are you kidding me? Really? Like, and you and you're still only saying that they're gonna, that win total is way too low. Uh, just hammering the Titans this year. Uh, I also think that that's at least at least uh, ten wins minimum. Probably win twelve. I, I'm it wouldn't even shock me in the slightest if they just stomped that division. That division's terrible. And guess what? Carson Wentz got hurt. Again. Yeah, he may be back to start the first couple of weeks of the year, but he's not going to be 100% ready to go. Uh, there's no way I'm I'm taking... Uh, the Colts' win total went down to nine for a reason, yet the Titans did not go up. Uh, they, hello? They play in the same division. How can you take down the Titans... <laughs> how can you take down the Colts' win total but not bump up the Titans. It makes no sense to me. I'm hammering that Titans line. Colts line, also at nine. Here's the thing, Carson Wentz. Not there, uh, not there currently. All their uh, their backup QBs are injured. They let Jacoby Brissett go uh, to the Dolphins. Now, I I said this last year, Jacoby Brissett was the best quarterback on that team. Not Phillip Rivers. Now you don't even have Phillip Rivers (laughs) at all. You don't have Brissett. Uh, I mean, you lost Costanzo, who retired, and then Costanzo, uh, who who was a, a Pro Bowl tackle. Uh, I'm sorry, there, there. Eric Fisher is a solid uh, tackle. Uh, you know, played well for the Chiefs, but he is a downgrade for Costanzo. I have some real questions about the Colts this year. Because uh, the truth of the uh, matter is, is that, you know, it depends on which Carson Wentz we get, but that's going to take a while for that to develop, in my opinion. Uh, you know, I'm not saying I'm going to take the under on the Colts because that division is god-awful. It, it is awful. I don't know how the Jags have a win total of six and a half. That window, like, we are taking the under on the Jags six and a half all day, every day. Uh, on this podcast, but if, with that being said, I'm I'm very wary of the Colts I- even saying anything. I don't think they can win ten games. I, I, like w- with the, the questions on the offensive line, you you already uh, you already got in uh, you got in injuries there because uh, and this was the weirdest thing, Quentin Nelson had the exact same foot injury as Carson Wentz, like, within, I think it was either, like, a day or 48 hours of each other. They both went down with the exact same foot injury. And Nelson's mi- missing. Like, the Colts are a run-based team, and they don't have their uh, all-pro guard. I, I'm just saying. I And they ran to Quentin Nelson's side 80% of the time. Uh, the, the, this... This has the recipe for a disaster season for the Colts. I'm going to give them benefit of the doubt, but l- let me be perfectly blunt. This Colts season could go in a nosedive very quickly if Wentz is not 100% healthy and he gets hurt again as soon as he comes back, which is entirely possible. Next up, how about them Cowboys? Okay, you know, Dallas, nine win total. Here's the thing with the NFC East. I think this division is going to come down to week 17. 
And honestly, it would not shock me if a team won this division with only nine wins. I think a nine and eight team is going to win this division because I think all these teams are going to be right there in that eight, eight win mix. I'm, I'm not touching this line with a 10 foot pole for a win total. Um, it, It really comes down to the divisional matchups because every one of these NFC East teams have so many critical flaws. The Cowboys last year were so unmotivated to tackle people that, you know, you could run on them for days. You, if you just throw a short passing game, you run out. Uh, uh, Van Der Esch, uh, his neck issues cropped up. Uh, and, you know, I mean, it is what it is. Uh, and Jalen Smith had a terrible season last year. I mean, the Cowboys defense was just brutal. Absolutely brutal. Uh, I just don't know what that defense is going to be able to put forward. It it really is going to be a huge question mark. And again, this flaw extends to multiple NFC East teams. The Giants, weak offensive line, stout defense. How are they going to generate wins? I mean... The line on the Giants is actually better than most of the NFC East teams. The Giants are only at seven uh, wins. I would take the over uh, on the Giants, actually. For the first time in years, I'm actually taking the over on the Giants' win total because I think the division is weak enough that the Giants can actually uh, take advantage of uh, getting some extra wins. Uh, Washington, eight and a half. Again, it's about the defensive line for Washington, but offensive line, not very good. And you're relying on Ryan Fitzpatrick not to screw up. I'll be honest. This, the, the thing about Ryan Fitzpatrick is that, you know, he's going to botch something. It, it, it It's what he does. So to me, it, it's, it's like one of the most, uh, Obvious things that Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to have a, a botch at some point. It's there's no, there's no if it's just when, and there's a reason why he's never made the playoffs. So to me, uh, Fitzpatrick, you know, the 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 win total for Washington doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Uh, I, I, I get it because they, they want to pick on the division. I think the Giants win more. I think the Cowboys kind of regress. And then Philly, whenever people completely bury Philly, that's when the Eagles usually come back to surprise folks. So I would actually take the over on the Eagles, even though the, the, the team looks like hot garbage. I think the Eagles can get to seven wins. May uh, and possibly eight again. It depends on the, the games that Dallas and Washington fumble. Along uh, and because uh, I, I think the Giants uh, usually take advantage of uh, the opportunities that they have. Uh, but I definitely think, you know, if you're relying on the Cowboys and Washington to take care of business, you, you're going to be sorely disappointed. It, like at sooner or later, it's going to be when. Um, uh, those losses happen. So uh, definitely uh, take uh, going to take it a grain of salt with the, the NFC East teams. Uh, Steelers, we talked about this. The Steelers hang around like fungus. The line's eight and a half. I think the Steelers get to nine. I can't see the Steelers being sub 500. Even though I, I, I've said it repeatedly, Ben Roethlisberger's arm is completely done. Uh, you know, I said this before. Eli's arm held up the best between Ben and Philip Rivers. The problem was Eli just never had any offensive line protection to actually get the ball free because Eli's utterly immobile. But Philip Rivers arm was basically done. He was throw, throwing up the pop gun interceptions all the time. Ben, the, the Steelers catered everything around Ben and his deficiencies as, as he's gotten older. But because of that, they've completely hamstrung the offense. 
you know, Lev Bell and Antonio Brown did it the wrong way, but they were right in calling out the Steelers catering of Ben being detrimental to the team as a whole. The Steelers needed to move on from Ben ages ago and just refused to do so because they're the Steelers. Uh, they're stubborn that way. But, you know, this is the end of the the uh, the run for the Steelers being taken as a legitimate threat in the AFC. The Steelers win nine games. I think they take the eight and a half uh, win total and they go over. But I, I it, it will not be pretty to watch. Uh, I'll say that. It will come down to the Steelers' defense making enough plays to get them to nine wins. But that's about it for the Steelers. Arizona, eight and a half total. The thing about the Cardinals that makes it this one a dangerous line is the fact that I like Seattle a bit, and I love the 49ers. The problem with that is it has to come at the expense of someone else. And, you know, as much as you can pick on the Rams, you know, one team's going to have to take the L, like, in the division if the others are going to get close. And I think the Cardinals are probably going to be that team, even though they'll be in every single one of these games. It's going to be razor thin. Uh, if you want to take the over on the Cardinals, I, I won't blame you. But I think, you know, in order for the Cardinals to actually get over the eight and a half, the Rams have got to come down. And I don't necessarily see that happen. I think the Rams may be eked by the Cardinals. I, I think it's yeah, this division is extremely close. But I would, I would uh, either take, I would actually really even want to want to bet the under on, um, the under on the Cardinals because I think they're good enough that they can surprise teams. Speaking of teams that will not surprise teams, Denver Broncos. How the hell is this line eight and a half for the Broncos? I, I mean, I like Teddy Bridgewater as much as the next guy, but it's still not going to mean a whole lot about it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's not going to do a whole lot for this team. I'm sorry. Like this team is not very good. Uh, you don't have a set running back. Your wide receiver core is young, but I, I, I don't necessarily see a breakout star there. Uh, I could get, I could get surprised, but I, I just don't understand how the Broncos have an eight and a half window. Uh, I, I would take the Raiders over the Broncos, to be honest. I, I'm betting the under on the Broncos eight and a half, even though I'm not a fan of the Raiders either. But I think the Raiders are a better team than the Broncos. So I definitely can't take the uh, eight and a half on the Broncos unless I'm going under. Bears, seven and a half. Woo! Uh, yeah, th that's pretty accurate. Uh, could the Bears get to eight wins? Yes. Will they get to eight wins? Uh, who knows? Uh, honestly, depends on if the Vikings screw up. Uh, if the Vikings don't screw up, I think the Bears are a seven-win team. Uh, you know, it is what it is. So when it comes to the division, but uh, you know, I think this is a learning year for Justin Fields. The sooner they get on with it and just play Fields, I think they'll be better off trying to get wins. I I, I just don't get it. I, I really don't get it. Um. Carolina, uh, where did we get? Like seven and a half for the Panthers? Oh, man, I love this. You give me Christian McCaffrey. You give me a better quarterback in Darnold. I, and like I said, I love Teddy Bridgewater. He's a game manager. Uh, but I do think Darnold has more zip on the arm, has better rapport, obviously, with Roddy Anderson. And Roddy Anderson had some great games with Bridgewater. But I'm telling you, he will be better with uh, Sam Darnold. That wide receiving core is loaded with talent. I think that the Panthers win at least nine games this year. I, I'm, I'm hammering the Panthers this year uh, in terms of lines. Uh, you know, it, to me, th that's a team much like the saints did not get nearly enough respect uh, in terms of, and that's why I think it's, it's hard for me to see the Tampa line because I think uh, both the Panthers or Saints are better than what people are giving them credit for. 
you know, you can pick on Atlanta all you want at, at seven and a half. Uh, I, I get that. Like Atlanta's not good. So I, I would probably take the under on Atlanta. But the the problem I see for Tampa Bay is the fact that Carolina and the Saints are better than what Vegas is giving them odds for. And that's just the bottom line. Uh, yeah, Atlanta, seven and a half. Uh, you know, they are, I would not be shocked if the Falcons try to start tanking this year uh, to get Matt Ryan's replacement. So I'm definitely taking the under on that. I already told you I like the Panthers uh, and Saints. And the Bucks are still going to be good. So Atlanta, Atlanta can take all the L's for all I care. I, I don't think they're, good, they're any good anyway. Uh, so definitely taking the under on the seven and a half. Uh, the Raiders at seven. Yeah, they, they could win only seven games, but they could they could get to eight. It wouldn't shock me. Wouldn't shock me. Uh, I would probably stay away from that line. It's a little bit too close to the nose for my taste. The Bengals at six and a half. Uh, fair. Uh, fair line. I, I think the Bengals are probably a six-win team. Could they win some more games at the expense of the Steelers? Yeah, if it's truly over for the Steelers, the Bengals can beat them. Uh, so they could get to seven wins. It would not shock me. Uh, so I'm not as uh, appealed about that line. The Jets at six, taking the, I'm taking the over there. Um, just because uh, I, I, see, I see the Jets as a team where the, they've been down for so long that... I could see the Jets pulling off uh, an upset here or there to be at six wins. I'm not taking the over. Uh, I, I should say, I, I should have corrected that. As like, if I said the over, I meant like I could see them at six wins, but not necessarily uh, taking the over there. I could see them getting to the six wins. Seven is pushing it, but I could see them at six wins. Uh, it's, it's not that appealing of a line to take the under on, uh, in my opinion. We already talked about the Jaguars. Uh, hot garbage that team is. Uh, James Robinson actually might steal an extra win or two for them now that Travis Etienne's in, out for the season. But uh, I just don't see... I don't see how... How are people thinking that Trevor Lawrence is getting this team to seven wins? Like To me, that's... <sighs> I, 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 I'll I take that bet. I, I am taking that bet to the house. I, I don't care. Uh, to, to me, that, that's one of the easiest calls of the year that the Jags are five, uh, are a 5-12 and 12 team. Pro- probably 4-13, and 13, but at least 5-12 uh, uh, and 12 is the most likely scenario for them, in my opinion. Uh, the Lions and Dan Campbell will be a train wreck to behold. For all of us. And I think four wins is about where they should be. The Lions at four and a half. Could someone do something stupid to give the Lions a fifth win? Sure. Uh, with Jared Goff at QB, not likely. I will take the under on the Lions at four and a half. Uh, because there's nothing about that team I like. <laughs> like So at that point... Uh, you know, you get to a stage where if you find nothing about a team you you like, they're they're more than likely going to tank. Uh, and then the Texans at four wins. Listen, the Sean Watson's not going to be there. They're going to line up their franchise QB. This is Tank City on its way. I I see the the Texans just dropping a bunch of games, and you know perhaps that's why the Colts got the uh, the number that they did, but. I, I just think that there are too many other teams. And this may be where ja- the Jags get uh, to seven is because they think the Texans are going to be that bad. Uh, it's possible, but at four wins, you got to think someone's going to start uh, trying to go out of their way to tank. And the Texans would be my number one pick for a team to just outright tanks to uh, only win two games this year. That, that's the way I lean with the Texans. So I would take the bet on the under for the Texans, even at four, because I think at a certain point, they're they're going to go out of their way to try to tank. I don't think Deshaun Watson is ever going to play for the Texans again, uh, even if it is to try to boost trade value. 
Uh, I, I think that would be a disastrous move on the Texans part. Just trade the man already. Um, you know, and that's, that's really where it lines up. So, uh, that, that, there you have it. Uh, you know, the wind tolls, uh, uh, bets uh, for the uh, 2021 season. Uh, you know, again, I, I'm telling you, I like some of these teams where you just don't see teams paying attention to them. Again, the Panthers definitely like a, like my odds there. Uh, when you get when you get to the Titans, way too low. Uh, you know, you're just looking at some of these teams, and it's just it just speaks to you like the Titans and the saints uh, again, too low. Uh, so again, you know, there are definitely teams to target, but you know, I would definitely look at some of these nine, uh, nine team, uh, nine win uh, projection teams for the saints and Titans and hammer that uh, the Panthers as well. Seven and a half. I, I definitely think they can get to nine with uh, You know, there are teams to target, uh, for win totals. So, uh, that's all I got. But, uh, Hope you guys enjoyed the show and uh, definitely more NFL content coming down the pike uh, sooner than later. Uh, season's ramping up very quickly and obviously uh, we've got Labor Day uh, coming up so I'll be recording more. Uh, you know, Hopefully uh, uh, get some time to uh, get it out before the holiday but if not, uh, we'll do it after the holiday and we'll get a flood of stuff coming. So uh, more to come but I uh, uh, hope you enjoyed the show and uh, best of luck to you. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Throwdown Podcast. Be sure to like and subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all other major outlets.